Hey guys, thanks for coming to another exponential nuts and bolts of church planting webinar. I'm Sean Cronin, your host today. I get to represent Passion for Planting, the church planting ministry of New Life Christian Church in the Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. area. Um, and yeah, we're fortunate enough to be able to have Dylan Dodson with us today talking about church plant facilities about finding the right facility for your church plant. I know a lot of church planters, they really, sometimes I'm sometimes are really excited because they like have this vision for their church and for, you know, the great meeting space they're going to meet in. And then they start looking in their community for a space like that. And sometimes it's hard to find. Yeah. Um, and today we're just going to be wrestling with, you know, issues of, you know, how do you find the right space? What are some of the pros and cons of different spaces? Um, and so welcome to the show. And, um, I want to encourage you along the way. If you have any questions along the way, feel free to throw them in the chat. Um, we'd love to be able to hear those questions. All right. So as I mentioned, Dylan Dotson is with us today, church planter, friend of mine. I got to meet him actually just a couple, a couple of weeks ago, but I've, I've known about him for a little while through uh, a ministry that he has. And so finally got to meet him a couple of weeks ago and just asked him, you know, some things he was passionate about and some things that he's got going on. And um, obviously church planning is, is a part of that, but then I also saw him, he, he has some interesting, an interesting perspective about facilities. That's right. One that's different than mine. <laughs> so I was like, I got to get this guy on our webinar and kind of pick his brain about facilities, church plants, facilities, and just kind of challenge me and maybe challenge some of us out there to think differently about facilities. So Dylan, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. I'm excited. And you're such a nice guy. So I feel like I'm not allowed to disagree with you. So we'll see. how. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, I try to be, I'm a people pleaser. I'm definitely a people pleaser. So uh, it comes out as me being just nice and probably too nice sometimes, but um, thanks for, thanks for joining us. So Dylan, tell us just a little bit about your story. We can kind of get some context to who you are, you yeah. know, your, your experience in church planting. Yeah, I'll do it super quick. Uh, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, my wife and I helped plant a church right out, right out of college. And we did that for a couple of years. Um, I'm from the Raleigh area originally. And so is she. And then we ended up moving back here. We planted New City Church. We just celebrated four years um, in April. And so, you know, that's been cool. We, we were able to send out our first church plant in the midst of COVID. And God's been really faithful. And so that was awesome. Uh, we're part of XY9. And so really involved in church planting assessment stuff with them and some other stuff that, that I do as well. And um, I just love talking to planters. I get the you know, fortunate opportunity to talk to, to talk to many of them all over the country pretty often and hearing their stories. And uh, I mean, just pro-Jesus, big, small, you know, obviously we center around Jesus, but like there can, we can disagree on some secondary things and just want to see where we meet him. And, and my experience, the two biggest things that I often hear about church planners, their biggest prayer requests and needs in the beginning is a worship leader and a meeting space. So in my opinion, we're talking about one of the biggest things that everyone has to, has to deal with today. Yeah. Yeah. Meeting space. Now tell us about, uh, you started a, a group on Facebook and maybe it's beyond Facebook, but yeah. practical church planting, right? That's the name of it. Yeah. So this, this is a, so, so when I, we launched four years ago, you know, five, six years ago, I started this thing and, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great resources out there, but I found a lot of them to be very theoretical. They would say things like build a launch team, raise money, whatever. And it's like, okay, yes, but like, how do I do that? <laughs> and so, so we decided like, you know, about a year, year and a half into New City, we created this podcast with Brian, who's on staff here called Practical Church Planting. And we talk about everything church planting, but it's like hyper practical. And so, you know, fundraising, building teams, worship, preaching, volunteers, whatever. Um, and, you know, not, not everything is necessarily relevant to every single context, but it's literally the, the church name, Practical Church Planting. Um, 
and we do one, one episode a week, 30 to 40 minutes now. And it's like, I think actually three weeks ago, we did an episode on facilities. And so just like highly practical, here's what we've done, what hasn't worked, what you can try and not just kind of the theoretical, here's a, here's good things to do. But I often found like, but how do I do them? And so, you know, we have that, we have a Facebook group, you know, on Facebook. So there's over a thousand pastors and planters in there. And so they're asking questions. And then we have a website, practicalplanning.com, which I'm excited about because there's just a ton of free resources, you know, free um, bumper videos and sermon graphics, things that we recommend. And so that, we started that a couple of years ago. It's kind of really taken off in the past year and uh, it's just a lot of fun. So. Awesome. Yeah. I love going on that. The Facebook, I don't know. I'm not on Facebook much, but <laughs> when I'm on there and get to see uh, pastors, church planters ask a question in that group, and then just get to see, you know, five people, you know, share, oh, I recommend this, or you should do this. This is what we did. Um, it's a really cool community and realizing, hey, we're on the same team. We all want to support one another. Let's be generous with what, whatever resource or wisdom we found. You know, we want to be able to pass that on to, to somebody else. Uh, so really appreciate you having the vision for that and the leadership to be able to to make that work and happen. Thanks. Yeah, cool. Well, let's let's dive into just kind of thinking about facilities. Um, can you, can you just kind of, why don't you just share kind of your story when it comes to facilities uh, and it was maybe some of the questions that you were wrestling with when it came to finding a facility, where'd you end up? Um, how that, that story unfold? Yeah. So for us, we four years in, we've always been, we've always had our own 24 seven space. I mean, I've been a part of churches that were portable. So I've, you know, been on both sides of it, but we've never been portable for new city. That was not the plan. We were looking at schools, community centers for us. We wanted to be in a very particular part of Raleigh, like this like two to three mile radius for various reasons. And so we were looking at schools, community centers, and just kept getting told no, like for random reasons. Like some schools had previous churches that had a bad experience or whatever. We had a community center that actually said we could have the space, but I hadn't signed anything yet. And a couple of days later, I called to ask for, about something. He's like, oh, actually, another church's meeting is going to start using it. I was like, you told me and uh, so long story short, man, we just started meeting in our townhome, you know, every Sunday morning. We weren't launched yet. Um, and so we did service stuff. Sometimes it was just talking about vision, training, whatever. But we started weekly rhythms, you know, in our townhome and in November of 2016. And no idea. Like we wanted to launch in January of 2017. We didn't have a place to meet. So we just like, long story short, uh, right across the street from the townhome we were living at at the time was this little office park. Um, I mean, I could walk there. And every weekend this church would put out their road sign. And I didn't really know where they met or like, because they're on the back side of it. So I go on their website and I saw that they were moving. And I was like, well, <laughs> I don't know. Nothing's working. And this is where we want to be. And, and so I just emailed the pastor. I was like, hey, is, you guys know if there's like going to be another lease? He's like, I'm not sure. But he said I could come see it. So I saw it, brought a team the next day. And uh, long story short, um, that, that honestly was our only option for the particular part of Raleigh we wanted to be in. And uh, there's kind of risks involved, which we'll talk about. We had to sign a three-year lease. We had to have people, um, you know, we're a brand new organization, don't have much money. And so we had to have people um, co-sign for risk. So we had four people sign on for 25% risk. Um, it's a God thing. I asked five people. They all said yes. The only person that said no was because we were good friends. And he was like, if something happens, I don't want it to get it in between us. And so that was like, well, I, <laughs> we got people that want to do this. And um and so, yeah, we moved in that space. God was good. We'll talk about the pros and cons with it. And then, you know, in 2019, we just were out of space. We had two services. It was small, 3,200 square feet. So this thing was not big. Fortunately, there's a Taekwondo studio next to us. So we had kid space. Uh, we were about 150 people. We were stuck at two. We tried to do three services, but three services at that number is just not a good idea. And long story short, 
the building that we currently have now, you know, I was told, Hey, it's going to come available. And so uh, we had to raise a bunch of money in a couple of weeks and people did it. And we can talk about that if we want. And then we moved into our new, new, new space for us a week before COVID. And so that was awesome. <laughs> so fun. And, uh, but God's been faithful. People have been generous. And so all I had to say, that's kind of how we, our, our experience with it. And, uh, we had a really good experience with it. And so I'm sure we'll talk about that. So that's kind of how we, where we ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective about how some places weren't open to you because of a bad experience. With yeah. It was really church. discouraging. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, I know that I, I, I know that more now. I know I was thinking about in my church planning experience, you know, in our area in, in, in Buffalo, New York, where there weren't at the time, you know, many churches that were getting started, like n- there hadn't been a church that met in a movie theater before. So I remember approaching a, a regal theater and the guy was like, definitely. We'd love to have, we'd love to have you. We've never had a church. Like what? It was all like total foreign territory. But then in other regions of the countries, it's like, they've got like lists, like, like waiting lists of churches. Yeah. Are like, Hey, if this church ever moves out, we'd love to move in and use the space. Um, so you got to figure out, yeah, contexts are different um, as to where you might be planting. And so, yeah, that, that, that's a big, huge factor. Um, now, so tell me, I'm, I'm one, I'll, I'll admit, I am, I am somebody that has always encouraged church planters to say, hey, be portable. Um, you know, for me, maybe that's just my experience. And so that's what I'm used to. And I see the benefits of, you know, hey, here's a really easy place to, for people to, you know, serve, hey, be on the setup team. Um, you might not be a Christian yet, but you can set up chairs. Um, you know, I see, I see, you know, pros of, hey, there's, um, uh, you know, if you outgrow the space, you know, you're kind of not tied in maybe to a long-term lease, you know, there's easy ways to get out. Um, you, you know, I think it was Winston Churchill and said, we shape our buildings and our buildings shape us. Um, and so I've always encouraged church planters to find, you know, not permanent space, but um, rental space um, and have more time and attention for people, I would say, you know, cause sometimes the building just takes over and that's the thing you're always paying attention to and fixing up and putting time and attention to let's share with me. What are some of like the pros, if you had to sell a church planter on, Hey, find a permanent facility, a 24 seven space. What are really the benefits in your mind to that? Um, so like you said, I think, I think we're all, we are shaped by our experiences. So we had a good experience with it. So obviously that shapes us and I've been on both. Um, but I'm very pro, if it can work, very pro building. In fact, our first church plant, we, we got them into a building and they're doing great. Um, I, so here's the thing. I, I think, you know, 20, 10, 20 years ago, you know, it was really cool to be portable. So there was just some energy that came with that. Now it's like not that special. Um, and for, for better, for worse, for worse, uh, there is credibility that having a space gives you that portable does not. And of course, we can say, hey, it shouldn't matter. And I totally get that. But also, if we want to meet people where they are, people kind of think that this is legit and this is not. Um, again, then there are pros to portable habitat about those as well. Some of the pros to permanent, um, we have found that because we weren't set up teardown forever, when we did extra events, it was really easy to get volunteers because they weren't spending five, six hours every week, you know, multiple times a month. Um, it's, it was really cool to do events at your space that aren't like church events because it lets people know where you are. So we've done trivia nights, we've done a ton of stuff. Um, so that was really helpful. Um, it's, it's helpful in terms of the Sunday morning experience because you know things are going to work and you know where things are and everything is the way you can really make it the way that you want it to be when you can't always do it when it's portable. Of course, you don't have to worry about someone's truck breaking down or something like that. Um, the biggest thing for me, and I, you know, maybe we can spend some time on this at some point if you want, 
when I see one of one of the things I often hear is the biggest disadvantages to a portable sp permanent space is being locked in and outgrowing it. And I say two things to that. Number one, most churches is that's not going to be the case. Like, and I we would love to be 500 people in three years. That's what everyone wants to do. That's not that's not normal, right? So I think some church planters we, we want to be wise, but that's probably not going to be the problem for most people. Second thing is. I, in my opinion, it is an advantage to be in a space that is too small because you can be more on mission sooner. So we, had, we went to two services when we were at, like when we started averaging maybe 100 people, including kids, we had to go to two services. We didn't have room. And nobody, the first time you go from one or two services, nobody wants to do two services. Like they like being together and I get that. Um, but it allowed us to be missional from the beginning. And uh, it just... And, and so it allows you, I mean, two, I think two services are great. I, I'm a big fan of them. You know, maybe just convictionally, some people don't want to do services. That's fine. But if you, if you're, if you run out of space too soon, it, get, and it also gets people excited that they see people coming. And we'll talk about this too. Like it is much better to have a small space than a big space in terms of energy. I mean, at least in Raleigh, a lot of the schools are big and you can pipe and drape it all you want, but it feels dead. Like it's just dead. And for us, man, the first year, we probably, the first six, seven, eight months, we probably averaged 60 people total, total. And so maybe 30 to 40 people in the auditorium on a Sunday. And our space, dude, it never felt awkward. Never felt awkward. Whereas in most spaces, it would. Um, and so we had a good experience with it. Again, our first church plant we sent out, we got them into a space and they're doing a really great job. And I think, you know, there's, you know, God can use everything. I think a lot of it is, it seems like there's legitimacy there. Um, you know, you can set it up the way that you want. And so I, I'm a fan of it. And I would say this, like, I don't want people to hear, well, we had no place to meet. And so we were desperate. And so we just took whatever we could get. Like, if you don't have people that can co-sign, if you don't have a fundraising plan and a budget, like it's not, you cannot, you shouldn't choose a space just on this looks great. And we will talk about, I think, some of the things to look for. Um, but I would say this, if it is possible, and you, in my opinion, if you have the option, which I know you don't always, between a permanent and a portable space, Based on my experience, I would almost always go permanent or 24-7 if you have the option. Of course, there's a lot of times that you, you don't. Um, there's more we could say, but I again, we're shaped by our experiences. Having a small space actually really helped us, and it didn't burn out volunteers. And we, you, could just, you, you have options to do more when you're permanent than you, than you do when you're portable in terms of like where you're going to meet, where you do all these various things. And so there's pros and cons for both, but I would consider it if, if, if you're in that position. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I do. You know, sometimes you hear, I can't remember what the rule is, but you know, if it's 80 for 80% 80 full, like some people will come in and leave and there's probably some reality to it, but there's also a, a reality to people, at least it, Yes. In my context, I remember when we were in Buffalo in the inner city, like people wanted to go to places where there are other people, like, yeah. and it felt there was some energy, yes. you know, whether it be a restaurant, whether it be, you don't, you know, you wanted to go where the people were. I know, but, like, I know when we talk about like energy and momentum, people are going to be like, that's so whatever, not spiritual, but it's just like, I don't know. We're human beings. Like we can tell. And there's, there is a lot to say about growing when there's excitement. And like, I'll even tell you this, man, like when you're preaching, if people are close to you and let's say you say something funny, if people are close to each other, they will laugh. If they're not close to each other, they won't laugh. And so it, it affects worship. It affects engagement during your sermon. Um, there's a, there is a lot to be said for the energy in the room. And so having a big space can really, can really hinder that. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that here at, at my church, you know, we have a big building, have a big sports complex, eight, the eight o'clock service, not very full, not very full. And I'm just trying to keep people awake. I'm just, you know, <laughs> the second service, you know, it's full. My yeah. 
all of a sudden I become like a comedian. Like people are right. laughing at my jokes. Like what, what's different between first service, second, third, and then third service. It's just, I guess it's the people and the amount of people and the energy that there's there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a real thing. I, I noticed it as a fitness instructor. I'm a fitness instructor. And when there's three people in class, it's like, Oh man, like typically not the most energetic people aren't going to be working as hard, but when there's a full class, it's like, man, people just work harder. There's, there's a tangible energy there that I think, yeah, you know, it's a real thing. It's a real thing that, that, that God has, has created. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we, you know, should take advantage of, um, and be kind of just aware of, um, so let's think about, uh, you had mentioned, um, some things to be looking for. So we're a church planter, we're looking for space. What are some things that we should be on a, have on a checklist or something that we're looking for when we're looking for a space? Obviously there's like 20 things. Like there's all the stereotypical stuff, I, I wrote down four things in particular that maybe we don't think about as much as we should. Um, Cause you know, you want the space to be clean. You want to have, you know, kids space. You want to have bathrooms. You want to have a lobby, whatever. Here are four things that you may or may not be thinking of. Number one, parking. And when I, well, I should say this, you want to have enough parking. Typically if you're a smaller church plant, that's not always going to be a problem, but you want to make sure you can grow into it. But more than that, you want to make sure that the parking is somewhat close to the building. And here's what I mean. We actually had one potential, like private school that we could have possibly used out of all those no's. The problem was they have like this gymnasium, this, and like this attachment to the gymnasium. That's like really cool. And that's what we were going to potentially use, but you had to walk behind these trailers to get to it. It was like a, it was like two to 300 feet away, which it's not a problem to walk, but you don't see anything. And let's say you've got 50, 75 people coming on Sunday morning and the parking lot is nowhere near the building. It's going to look dead. It's going to look like there's nobody there. People aren't going to know where to go. And so I would just say, Enough parking, but but like if you're looking at schools and stuff like that, like and I, we were actually I was actually part of a, a church uh, for a while. We we planted a, a site, and so the site was in a was in a high school, and the parking lot to the main entrance was a little far, but you know, but then with the main entrance to the auditorium was like another 200 feet. Like it was just so much walking, and it just like we were talking about energy. There's no energy because it it seems like a ghost town, and so. You want to make sure the parking is somewhat close to the building, not because people don't can't walk, but because it just seems dead and empty. Uh, second thing, I'd do this quickly, kid space. Again, especially if you're looking at more 24-7 space, you can get excited about the auditorium and what it could look like and not kids. You just want to make sure there's something for them. And when we say kid space, it's got to be clean. It's got to be safe. It's got to look safe. And so if they're thrown into a corner somewhere and you can hear them, especially if it's a smaller space and you can hear them in the auditorium and you're like, well, that's not that big of a deal. But, if, but parents know what their kids sound like when they're crying. So they will not listen to you if they can hear a kid crying. Um, and if, they just, does it, if, it just, if it doesn't look clean, safe, it looks dirty, they won't do it. So consider, you know, what you would do for kids. And again, hopefully it's not super far away from, you know, where they're going to be. On number three, auditorium seating. We talked about this a little bit. Less is better <laughs> in terms of like, you don't want to have no room. But man, there's momentum and energy and having more people in a room going to two services sooner rather than later really helps your people get the mission. It's like, oh, it's not just about our thing. It's about, you know, reaching other people. Of course, if you have groups and stuff like that, you want to provide space where people can actually build relationships. Um, But be cognizant. Like, don't be like, wow, this room has 250 seats. We have plenty of room to grow. If you have 50 people, and I don't know, my opinion, if you have 50 people in a 250 seat auditorium, you probably will never grow it to 250 people. It's just too big and they're not. And so make sure it's not too big. Yeah, it's great to grow. And if it is big, if there's a way you can pipe and drape it, whatever. I know we're coming out of COVID, which is good because we have ways that we actually would sit. We would actually do things to make people sit closer together. 
Um, and so maybe hopefully we can bring some of those strategies back here soon. But don't, if it's too big, that's a problem. And the number four, screens. So what does it look like from the audits, from where people are sitting? Can they see TVs, projector? Like, what are you going to do? Our first space wasn't great because our ceilings were low and our stage was short. Um, and so we had one massive TV, like kind of hanging from the ceiling, but then we had to put another TV like on the side because some people, and so I'll just say, think through where you're going to put your screen so that people can see them. Like if it's ceiling is short and it's right behind the pastor, or like people can't read that. And so, you know, making sure based on where it is that everybody can see, you know, the worship lyrics, the sermon note, whatever, you want to consider the screens, even if the space looks great, if it's going to be hard for a lot of people to see what's going on, that could be a big detriment. So there's a lot of things that you can think about space. Those are some of the things that people might not be always on the top of their mind that I would point out. Great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned several in there that um, I want to think about. So one being, you know, screens are like, you know, visuals. Um, I know a lot of some spaces I've seen, you know, we were in there and it's like, just with the sun coming into the room, like you wouldn't be able to see a, you know, a, a projection, you know, on a screen just because of the, you know, lighting and everything. Uh, I know at a, one of our campuses here, um, the lighting was difficult because of the, all the windows in the room. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had, uh, we would put up actually panels, these like foam panels to be able to block out the, the, the sunlight. Um, but it was, it, would, it turned into a cool opportunity because we were in a school where we said, Hey, let's partner with you. And can we put in um, blinds, like these electric blinds that come up and down so that we don't have to climb up on this ladder every time and put these every Sunday and put these up, but we'll, we'll kind of do this for you as a partnership. Cause you guys, you guys could use this too. Um, and they were like, they ended up being, yeah, that would be great. That would, we would love to have that. So we have that capacity ourselves. It's interesting about screens too. Before yeah. I forget, you know, we met a couple weeks ago at this pastor's conference in North Carolina, which is great. And one of the things too is, I don't know if you noticed this and it was fine because pastors are saying anyway, we don't care, but like the stage was in the middle and they had two projectors on the side, but they were so far away from the stage that if you looked at the projectors, you couldn't see anybody on stage. And so that can really de determine, you know, be a detriment to worship and what's going on during the preaching. If someone has to look all the way away too. So, you know, screens that are visible and also like somewhat near the stage. So at least in your peripheral, you can see what's going on on the stage or clearly on the stage in your peripheral, you can see what's going on on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, think about that. Think about kids. As you talked about kids, um, we, we've got a question in the chat. And so that reminded me, Hey, maybe you're, you know, joining late. Maybe you don't know. We're with Dylan Dodson right now talking about facilities, church plan facilities, find the right facility. So I would encourage you to, if you got any questions, throw them in the chat. We're going to get to this first question shortly. Um, uh, but you mentioned kids space. Um, yeah, one option, it seems like from your store, at least one option was maybe it's not your space, but maybe there's a space very close by next door, say, maybe. We were so fortunate. So 3,200 square feet, not very big. There was like three little offices in our little thing. And so two of them were divided up into kids. We didn't have a ton of kids in the beginning. So it was, it was fine, but then it started to become a problem. So there's a Taekwondo studio near us. Now, unfortunately it was a little bit of a walk. I mean, it was in the parking lot. And so it's not that big of a deal, um, but it wasn't like right next to us, but it made it work. But there was a Taekwondo studio. They were also 3,200 square feet, but it was completely open. And so that might be a thing, like if you're looking at an office, you know, I don't know, but like if you're looking at space, more permanent space, maybe your space is kind of small. Is, not a, is there something near you, a business that's not open that, you know, on Sunday mornings? Um, and even, you know, maybe you don't have a lot of kids, but if you want to have kids eventually, like you just, you got to have a space for them. So, yeah, yeah, we were, I, I'm, we're doing this church planning training here this week and we just had a church planner come on and 
he shared just the story of their church and showed a picture of their launch Sunday. And people were like, where's that? And he's like, oh, it's in a brewery. You know, they were in a meeting in a brewery um, in kind of like a, I don't know what you'd call it, like a town center sort of area with a lot of other shops and other things. And they asked, you know, where do your kids meet? And he says, oh, they, they meet at Duck Donuts. And so there's <laughs> like a Duck Donuts, like next door somewhere yeah. that um, you know, kids actually come to their family. They drop them off just with the children's leaders. And then they go walk 30 seconds away to Duck Donuts where Duck Donuts, even though I asked them, like, is Duck Donuts open? They're like, yeah, they're open, but they have a separate room where yeah. our kids are able to go and, and do children's ministry. Um, so yeah, be creative. You know, there's a, there's one principle that we share with church planters. It's called the needle in the haystack principle. And the principle goes, okay, if, uh, if you don't believe there's a needle in the haystack, you'll never find the needle, even if there's a thousand. Um, but if you believe there's a needle in the haystack, you will find it, even if there's just one. Yeah. Um, and so you got to have to think, be creative, think outside the box. Um, you know, don't be like, Oh, it just doesn't fit. You know, there's just nothing, nothing. You got to think creatively. Um, you know, one church plant in Richmond, Virginia, downtown Richmond, Virginia, urban area had a desire. They, they, there's an old, um, I don't know if it's a movie theater. It's a, definitely a theater, um, you know, doing shows and everything. And so they've got a big auditorium for adults, but they're like, where are we going to do our kids? Yeah. But they also said, hey, we want to be, you know, investing in our community. We want to reach families. And so part of their pre-launch phase was they ended up, I'm not sure if they bought or leased space, um, but they, they started actually their own coffee shop, but really focused on kids. It's called um, Cartwheels and Coffee, where they just set up this coffee shop and it was really like a kid's space area. So kids, you know, kids in the summer when it's brutally hot. You know, they can come in air conditioning and mothers can bring the kids to play on this little playground area and get some coffee and relax in the winter when it's cold. All right. Kids come inside, you know, play at the you know playground and mom gets some coffee, get some mom time with the other moms. And, and then on Sunday mornings, you know, that's where they have their children's ministry space. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, you know, we can think creatively about um, uh, meeting spaces and where kids can go. Um, so here's, let's, let's answer one of the questions we've got from the audience. Um, so they said, love the idea of starting a, in a 24 seven space and multiplying gatherings instead of growing into a larger space, which pause, that was one of the, that was one of the things I was thinking about today when, um, in this church planning boot camp, this guy goes, Hey, we've, there's this space that we want to get into, but they want to sign a three-year lease and it's not, it's not super big. So we're kind of like wondering, like, what are we going to do if we start growing? And one of my thoughts was, kind of like Dylan saying, Hey, it might force you to obviously go to multiple services, or it could even force you to say, what's our next church plan? Yep. Like, like, Hey, we need it. We need to raise up a leader and, and do another church plan. Maybe if you're familiar with uh, exponential, you know, the story of Larry and Deb Walkemeyer and them having a vision for, we've got, um, I think like, like 19 parking spaces. I can't remember the exact number. I think it's like 19 parking spaces in their church building. So they're saying we can either our church is growing, so we can either get a build a bigger building with more parking spaces, or we can be what they say, not a lake church, but a river church and say, Hey, we can only grow to this much. And so we got to be able to send out people and start new churches. And that's kind of what's forcing them to, to do it. But it came out of that mentality of, Hey, we want to be a river church and not a lake church. Yeah. Um, but some, some ways it was, uh, their, their limited capacity of just even parking spaces yeah. that helped them get to thinking that way. So, um, they love the thinking of it, you know, multiplying gatherings. Um, here's the question. What's the appropriate uh, or approximate square footage for like a hundred kids or hundred adults and kids um, like our overall square footage? Do you have any, any, uh, I know I've seen the numbers. I can't remember them, but oh. like square footage for like people 
to space, to gathering space? I, I do not know. I do know we were certainly probably not up to fire code, but no one ever came. And so okay. that was good. Um, I have no idea. It was tight for us. It was fine. Our lobby area wasn't very big, but we also, the parking lot was good for us. The, no, one, no one in the office park was there on Sundays. So we had the whole parking lot. So we used that like a tent and stuff. I don't, I, I have no idea what the no, ideal number would be, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. I've no, I've seen the numbers before. I can't remember them. So um, sorry, we can't answer that today. I would say join Practical Church Planting on Facebook and ask that question in their Facebook group, or you yeah. can email planting at church-planting.net and I can look up the answer. Um, so, cause I know I've seen um, that question asked before. Um, all right, let's see. Here's another question. We're an older church that has dwindled in size. Our property is paid off. Sanctuary can hold about 250 people, um, but we only have about 30 regular attenders, so the energy feels very faint. Um, would you recommend we take a step back and meet in a smaller fellowship hall or somewhere else on our property other than the large sanctuary? Absolutely. Now, people might not like that, you know, because they're used to it, but man, 30 people and on a 250 seat that just sounds terrible. Like, here's the thing, good way to think about it. Like, are you dreading Sunday mornings in the sense of like, I just, we just got to get through it and hopefully people show up. Like, I, I would not want to do anything. You know, so again, first year, first eight, six to eight months, our space was so small. I mean, you could probably, you could put like 75-ish chairs comfortably, well, a little uncomfortably in our original space. Um, and so we wouldn't put all the chairs out. And that's the nice thing about our chairs weren't like, you know, we were, we could stack them. And so we would actually limit this is a this is just a tip for people i would not put out more chairs COVID has changed this a little bit i first heard this principle from larry osborne and north coast where they would intentionally put out less chairs than people would come and as the service started they would add more chairs because that way i mean you don't have to like beg people to sit next to each other and it creates energy three 30 people for 250 that just sounds awful like i i would do anything i could to get somewhere else to get the energy in the room and it, yeah. there might be some pushback and the, the thought of it, but I, man, I'm telling you, people will love the energy and the connectedness of being a little bit closer together. So, right. Yeah. I know, uh, people oftentimes do get tied into, you know, a place, yeah. um, you know, Will Mancini talks about, you know, the four P's that oftentimes people get attached to, um, place being one of them, a personality, like a preacher, um, people, friends, um, and then, uh, programs. And so oftentimes people are there at your church because of those things. Yeah. Um, and a place is definitely one of them, but your goal as a leader is to get them not to the lower room. That's called the lower room kind of uh, identity. You want to get them to the upper room of what's the vision of your church and people tied into the vision of the church. So it might take some vision casting to say, this is why we're doing it. We're doing it because we want to reach more people because, you know, we want to have uh, a gathering um, where there actually is more, a little bit more energy, more excitement. Um, we feel it's uh, more conducive to the vision that God's given to us. Um, but I, I would definitely agree um, meeting a space that, um, yeah, that's, a, that's helps you experience that energy. I know here at new life, you know, we've got a big, we, we set up, we're portable in our own building. We've got a big warehouse, but we've got a sports complex. And so we meet in the gym of our, of our um, space, two basketball courts, another training area. So it's a lot of space, a lot of space. And for service, you know, we, we maybe have 50 people um, come. And so we only set up, you know, yeah, like, you know, not as many chairs. I can't remember. I don't know how many chairs, maybe 75 chairs. But then second service, we know, okay, they're going to be more. So we set up more chairs after second service or after first service. And yeah, more recently it's been people coming in and 
all right, we got to set up more chairs. We got to set up more chairs. Got to set up more chairs. And it seems like, oh man, like this is, this is exciting. Yeah. You know, and you know, there's too, like if a new person comes in and there's 30 people in a 250 seat space, that can be distracting for them because mm-hmm. they could feel like, oh man, there's like nothing going on here. But if you're in a smaller space, 30, 30 people can sound, I mean, you'd be bursting out the seams if you were 30 people in a house. Right. Great. So yeah, I would certainly recommend going somewhere smaller to get. Yeah. Probably, probably little, I mean, there are some people, you know, who might obviously want to come in and not be noticed, but as a church, like you want to be able to meet everybody. You want to be able to have a conversation. You want people, you don't want people just to be able to get in and out all the time. You know, you want people to be able to um, connect um, and, and be noticed. Um, and so, you know, in a smaller space like that, I think it'll be helpful for, for people to, um, you know, be noticed and be able to, you know, not come in and duck out without anybody welcoming and greeting them, you know, having some interaction as well. Um, all right, let's get, we got one more question in the chat so far. Um, Hey Dylan, pastor of a church plant in Raleigh. Okay. Triangle town mall area. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. So he says finding a space, um, has been tremendously difficult. Do you have any suggestions on where to look, um, or real estate agents, um, agency that you have worked with? Um, so the first space we found by, you know, was fine. And then we were, we didn't use a real estate agent. And then we tried to use a real estate agent before we ended up living in our second space and they didn't do anything. It wasn't really helpful. <laughs> um, what I would do, and I don't know if we'll get to this on here. I think a great place to look is like Craigslist, Facebook marketplace of people who are renting spaces. Um, of course you can be creative and, and go and ask, but a lot, I mean, we have, I don't know if we'll talk about this. We have five churches that use our space right now. Um, and part of it was to help us get some recoup, some rent costs. And we put it on Facebook or uh, Craigslist and people like found us. And so um, I would do that. And it's, it's hard and it's expensive. I mean, especially in Raleigh. I, so I don't have a ton of suggestions. Unfortunately, you know, Shawnee probably will have some, but I would look on, you know, Craigslist and Facebook marketplace about building rentals. Cause you might find people like us who are looking for someone to use a space um, like that. So. Cool. Yeah. And, and that kind of, yeah, goes back to the question about, Hey, you got a big building, not a minute, not a lot of people, yeah. you know, that's a great example of, we've seen a lot of churches saying, how do we use our building and be a good steward of the building that God has given us? Um, you know, whether it's, you know, whether it's other churches need space. Right. So you want to, I was part of a church plant that did that. And we actually, it was such a big church building. Honestly, it was such a big church building. We could meet at the exact same time. Um, you know, a lot of churches like, Hey, you know, we only have a small space, but it's ours. And there are other churches in the, in the neighborhood that don't mind, you know, meeting at in the afternoon or don't mind meeting on a Saturday. You know, I'm pro Sunday morning if you can do it, but if you can't, if your Sunday afternoon is fine or whatever, I would reach out to all the churches around me say, hey, is it open? And then honestly, at least in the Raleigh area, I'm sure it's like there's a lot of other places. Some of the big traditional churches, I mean, they're not using, there's no one in there. And so like you were saying, calling them and saying, hey, you know, help. I'm sure they could use the, the, the little rent help and see if there's a space in your building, we can use it in the morning or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so can you get to what are you kind of mentioned risks, you know, of risks or like disadvantages of, you know, having, you know, 24 seven space kind of as a church plant? Yeah. So the financial risk is there in terms of just like, you know, I would I would say, though, I mean, like the three year lease thing, we actually got out of it at two and a half years, a little early. And so it is possible. It's not ideal because then fortunately, you know, our landlord was awesome. And so I was like, Hey, if we can help you find somebody, you know, even though we're getting out early, can they do it? So it's not, you know, impossible. Um, but yeah, but the, the financial risk is, is there. 
um, the leases there. Although again, I actually think, so that, that's the big one. And then the second one I often hear, and then um, Sean, you know, you probably points them out. Um, the, the biggest one I often hear is what if I outgrow the space other than the financial. And to me, I don't think that's bad. I th- actually think that's an advantage because again, most churches won't, at least not in three years. And it's great if you do, but again, the average church in the United States is like a hundred or less. So I, you got to be vision and thinking about the future. But I do think there are times where we could be so think, like we can think too far ahead that we hurt what we're trying to do now. Um, and so the biggest thing I've seen is you could outgrow it. And I actually think that's an advantage, not a disadvantage. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, the building maintenance can be a problem. But again, if you're a church plant, you're probably not, you know, doing a 10,000 square foot building. So you're probably not going to spend a ton of time on it. Like we never spend a ton of time on it really. Uh, so that's helpful. Um, I mean, so that's, you know, not that bad. And so I, I don't, you, you tell me, Sean, what's, what are some of the big disadvantages? Well, I guess kind of thinking about disadvantages and advantages, the way you said that kind of brought to my mind that church plant in Richmond that, you know, they rented space on a Sunday morning for their adults in the theater, but they had that kid space that they had developed as a cartwheels and coffee yeah. uh, space for their kids. And I remember asking this church planter, he, he was sharing with some of our church planters, hey, you know, would you do it again? And I thought, it's, I, I just assumed it'd be like, no, like, you know, we were trying to build a launch team. Like it was a total distraction. Like it was a you know time sucker. And he was like, actually, it was like an incredible. I would definitely do it again. Cause he's like, it was something tangible that we could get people working on together. Yeah, uh, I, I would say, you know, I'm, I was thinking just about the building. You have to think of the whole church. The downside of, especially in the beginning, when you want to build relationships is people love to serve in a way that they feel like they're making a difference. And we know all of it matters, but there's tangibly like knowing, Hey, I did this and I, here's my result, especially for men is a big thing. And so not having a set up teardown team is a disadvantage in the beginning. I would say it can become a, having a set up teardown team does eventually become a disadvantage, however, but in the beginning, not having one, having to find, trying to find other ways for people to serve and get connected that is a disadvantage that you don't have because it's just natural relationships, you know, that people get to have every week. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say, I would say um, one, it's not necessarily a disadvantage. I guess you just have to be careful of it is the, I can't remember. Maybe I mentioned it earlier. I can't remember just the, the build it. If we, if we build it, they will come sort of mentality. Like we just need the right space. And if we put a lot of time and effort into this and so, yeah, your time and tension gets, you just spend all the time on the property, you know, making it nice or even just thinking, man, I got a lot of, you know, emails to do. And so you're in the building all the time instead of being out in the community, instead of being working from Starbucks, instead of, you know, being more in the community and meeting with people, you're either working on the building or working in the, in the building. Whereas if you didn't have that space, you kind of maybe even force maybe some church planners out of their comfort zone and spend more time in the community. Um, and not thinking like, Hey, if we build it, like we can just, you know, have this grand show and doing a lot of marketing and eventually people will come because yeah. we got a great building. I'm, I'm glad uh, you said that. I'm very pro building if you can do it, but I don't want to, to convey that if you can get a building, it'll make the church plant be successful because mm-hmm. it will I think it is helpful, but it's not like, let's say you have the option of portable and you're struggling and your launch team struggling and you have the option of portable or 24 seven and you're like, well, all we got to do is get 24 seven space and it'll fix everything. It won't. I think it'll help, but it, it won't like save you. So that's good. Right. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely work the building the launch team. That's a priority, you know, 
maybe, okay, you know, once you have your launch team, you know, a good, good traction building that launch team, you know, then, then maybe, okay, hey, you know, that, that'll give you a better sense of maybe. Yeah. And, and actually, one more disadvantage of having a building, your own building, is it's a lot harder to connect into the community in terms of a serving thing. Like if you're in a school, dude, you've got, you're, you, you've got, I mean, if you're renting any property, you've got an in where you can say, how, how can we help you? Having our space, it's been, it has been harder for us to find like partnerships, not like these one-off things because we, you know, weren't forced into those relationships. And so that can definitely be a disadvantage as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say uh, similar to that's uh, the mindset. So the mindset of our church here had always been, Hey, um, we want to be meeting in some place that's kind of maybe neutral turf or neutral territory where we would say, you know, a lot of times if you have a church building, you know, if you have a building that people don't go to on a regular basis, whether it's church building, whether it's maybe permanent space, um, is that neutral territory for people and something they would say like, yeah, that's mine. And so that was one of the reasons why New Life said, hey, we want to meet in public places that people are already going to and maybe are invested to invested in in some way. So like a school, like, yeah. hey, people, people take their kids or invested in that school. We, if we meet there, like it's maybe a less of a barrier, one, one less barrier for them to cross. Um, and that's why when we ended up having a place where we were like, Hey, we're, we're at a time where we're like, let's have our own building. You know, we turn it into a sports complex that it's the community. So most people know it just as the end zone. It's a gym that they go work out at. It's the gym where their kids play soccer. It's the gym where their you know kid comes to play basketball. So most people don't come here knowing it's a church, you know, <laughs> they just come here cause they think it's a gym yeah. and it is a gym. Um, yeah. But then, you know, maybe they have a, they, they see a sign on the wall or we have a conversation with them and Hey, Oh, this is also a church. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, it's a church building. Yes. We use it. You know, if you want to come, you can come on Sunday morning, you can get attached to, you know, anything that we're going that we have going on ministry wise. Um, and we do think it's, it is um, a good way to kind of bridge, make a bridge between the, the church and um, in our community. And I'd and say so, too, yeah, I would say with that, one thing I think it's important that we might forget in terms of going to some, somewhere they're used to. So whether you're per, per, permanent, sorry, portable or have your own space, not all driving distances are equal. And so like for us, you want to be in an area that people are already going, whether they go to your building or not, you want to, you want to be somewhere where people are already going to. So let's say you have two options. One's, and they're both 15 minutes away for the average person. And one is in town, places where they go. And one is like a little bit outside. They never go over there. You will, people won't, in their minds, all drives are not equal. People are much more likely to go where they're used to going. And so for us, you know, we have our own space. I mean, it doesn't look like a church building, but it's a building. It's right off of a, a busy road. I'll have to say, like, if you come to people that come to New City, come, most of them come around this part of Raleigh already. And so they're used to it. If you, if you end up meeting, like, let's say there's a school or there's a 24 seven space that's awesome, but it's like a little bit outside of like where you want to meet. But it's like, but it's still 20 minutes either way, let's say. Way less people are coming just because they don't normally go over there. And so in their mind, it's really far away. Whereas if it's places in town where they're already in that, going in that direction or even pass by it, um, they're, they're, they're going to feel like, well, I go there, even if, even if it would take them the same amount of driving distance. So one thing to think about in, in your building space is you might have a space you really like, but if it's an area of town that no one ever goes to, then they're gonna, in their mind, it's going to be a lot farther to, to them than it actually is. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so we got another question and yes, if you have questions, feel free to put them in the chat. Um, I'm going to try to th see if I can understand this question. So it says sometimes church planning is used from the lens of a church service. Okay. Like kind of, Hey, we just got to set up a church service, right? You know, if we just put on a show, you know, people will come and that's 
that's a church plant. You know, maybe, maybe I guess maybe that's what people are thinking sometimes. And I, I admit, yeah, I think a lot of church planters have that. Let's just put on a show. Um, what methods for building it from a discipleship approach are you aware of? So I would say maybe, maybe um, what, what are we doing, I guess, in using our building and, and, and that gathering for discipleship? So <laughs> I don't know if this is a minority, minority view or not. I am pro church service. And what I mean by that is like in church planning circles, there's a lot of like, do all these other things and church service is the last thing that you do. And, and I, and I get it. Um, I'm not, I'm not pro like, well, here's long story short, shameless plug, practicalplanting.com slash launch. We have our growing your launch team course. And so we talk more about this. It's kind of in depth and more detail. So you can check that out. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of like, Hey, we're going to plan a church and start a service right away. You don't want to do that. However, and I think COVID has showed us this as great as the online stuff is, and we are pro at new city. Do we try to do everything we can? pro live stream, pro online engagement, social media. We've always, it's always been a thing for us. COVID, I think, has even showed us even more how important a weekly gap, weekly rhythm of gathering is. So as great as it was to like see all these new people watching our stuff online, like all the churches were celebrating, how many of those people actually got connected? Not very many. So much happens outside from the Sunday morning service. So most people's first physical touch point is Sunday morning. They're not going to go to somebody's house. They're not going to serve in the community with people they don't know. But if they go to Sunday morning, that's where they might serve in the church. They might get a community group. They might build friends. So I'm very pro, like, not, I don't know, this doesn't make any sense, like separating, like discipleship is different and the service is different. Like, I think you should do the best service that you can. That's not all there is, but you should do the best service that you can. Um, I don't even know if that answers the question, but that's, the, that's just what came to my mind first is the, the service matters and I'm pro discipleship and all that sort of thing. And so you can, I don't even forget the question, but mm-hmm. I'm pro like doing a good church service. It's not the end all be all. And I want to discipleship disciple people too, but I don't want to downplay like, Hey, let's do all these other things. And the service doesn't matter because like we need a weekly rhythm of gathering and building relationships with one another. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would say, you know, for our, for our building, at least for our context, um, you know, we want to see it be used. Obviously, it's used on Sunday morning. We use it on Sunday mornings for our church gatherings. We do. You know, we set it up, set up the basketball court area for adults. You know, we have kids space all throughout, you know, for Sunday morning. But then by, you know, 1230, we're packing up. It, people are coming in for basketball leagues, for, you know, the workout. Um, and, and you know, even though it's not de- technically, you know, it's turned maybe turned back into the, the gym, you know, we see a lot of church members use it. Yeah. to be able to have, you know, discipleship meetings, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And so it's a nice neutral place for, Hey, meet me at the end zone. Um, and, and when we'll get together, cause we get together once a week for our discipleship conversation, for our accountability, for our Bible studies. Um, it's also another, for us, it's a great place to kind of fish for people to disciple, you know, mm-hmm. as we're, as I'm in the end zone, as I'm teaching fitness classes, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm, I'm praying for people. Um, and so think about, how can you use, I would imagine for Dylan, that you probably use your space, not just for a church service, but you probably use it in other ways yeah. to be able to reach people beyond <laughs> well, just Sunday I morning. I would email Sean because they're doing a great job about this. One of the things I think is funny when people are like, well, the bad thing about 24-7 space is it's empty throughout the week. And I'm like, bro, we use our building. I'm here every day. And like, I get it. It's like 25,000 square feet. It's like, it ain't empty. Uh, so for us, like, and it's like, we've tried it. We moved in right when COVID hit. And so it didn't, it didn't work. Um, we've tried to allow more some community uses for our building. It hasn't gotten there yet. And so in terms of like, is, 
discipleship processes, like we don't use a, our building for a lot of discipleship stuff, um, but we do use our building as an office. And we have a lot of other churches that use our building, which is awesome. Awesome. But I think if there's intentional ways, like if you have a space that you can do gyms and work out, like ours is not like that. Um, but we've tried reaching out and hopefully as COVID's getting away, we can do that again to more like non-churches using it. But our building is full often. Um, but if there's ways that you can use it, you know, beyond just the Sunday morning, I think you should talk to Sean because he's got a lot of great ideas. Yeah. I mean, obviously here at the end zone, if you, it's, it, we don't, the end zone, if you go to the ends, the N, like the letter N zone.com, you'll see just a website for our gym. Um, and uh, you can see all the things that we have going on in our building. Um, but then we get, all, we also host, you know, you know, our, obviously our church stuff, we're hosting a church planning boot camp this week. We host exponential conferences. Um, and so we say, Hey God, this is a gift. This building is a gift that you've given us. You've entrusted it. We're stewards of it. And so we want to make sure that it's being used, um, you know, as much of the time, um, for your kingdom's sake. Um, you know, we haven't cracked the nut on how, how, how do we figure out how we get all the hundreds and thousands of people who pass through our doors to play soccer, to play basketball, to do their training. How do we crack the net on making them disciples of Jesus? You know, that's a work in progress. Who knows if we'll ever crack that nut, but you know, we get people, we do get people who attach themselves to our church, who come and become even leaders in our church because they showed up because of a child sports event um, and saw sometimes it's just a poster on the wall for a sermon series. Mm. Oh, there's a church here. My marriage is in a mess. They're doing a, a series on marriages. Let's give it a try. Or, or just from a conversation, you know, that's even the best ones when they come and someone, they have a conversation with somebody where at the front desk or just someone, someone, you know, who's on mission in the end zone has a conversation with somebody and just shares their faith story yeah. and says, Hey man, um, tell me your story. They get to share their story. And, um, you know, they, they, they maybe come to faith or come to the church because of that. Um, and so, yeah, we want to be good stewards, whatever God has given to us, um, in terms of space. Um, so Dylan, as we think about, um, some spaces, let's, I, I, can you offer just, um, let's think about what are some possible spaces that you've seen church plants use, um, <laughs> that, that maybe can, you know, expand the horizons or expand the thinking of some people that are watching today is thinking, Oh, I've never thought about it. Our community has one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, any place that you could gather people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's open enough to do that. Um, again, I, some of the downside of some of the more unique places, which is great, like bars and stuff, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids can be a problem mm-hmm. in terms of like noise and where you're going to put them. And so I always want to like consider, again, if you don't have kids ministry, what you're going to think about there. Um, but schools are all kind of obvious. Community centers are kind of obvious. I, I, I don't know. To me, it's, it's more about um, finding a place where you actually want to be. Like I would try to figure out, hey, where – where in the, this, in the city of the town do, do, we want to, do we want our church to be and circle it and just do everything you can to get in there and not be like, oh, this other stuff. So, um, you know, again, we, we've always done the permanent, not the permanent, the 24-7 route. And so office space, which I never would have thought of, like, you know, that you, would, you could convert that into there. Um, so I, I don't know if I have really any unique, uh, okay. I think, other than just what people normally think of. Um, but, yeah, any, any place where you can clear out some chairs. I mean, I've seen people use restaurants. Like a, like a Moe's, um, you know, they don't open on Sunday morning, they're open on Sunday afternoon. And so they, you know, move their chairs away. And so, you know, anything, again, the nice thing about some of these places is they're small. And so going back to the energy thing, as long as they, you know, they, they can see like a screen and it's not blocked and it's small, 
I think, you know, it's worth doing. And a lot of these places, you know, would, would welcome the extra income. So. Right. And yeah. I would think, I would think with COVID and everything, one of the things I'm wondering about is that was one thing when, when real or when, when COVID hit, I'm like, what's going to happen to all these office spaces there mm-hmm. offices are, people are going to realize like, we don't need an office anymore. Mm-hmm. Everyone's working from home. What's going to happen to all this commercial real estate. Right. So I don't know. I mean, maybe a lot more commercial real estate will be open um, and maybe it does fit your vision and then it's in your context and it is a neutral place for people to come and, 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 and um, you know, come and, and do events for your church, church worship gatherings and, and, and other things you want to do as a church. Um, but I know for us, um, one of our campuses moved out of a school because of COVID, you know, school said, yep, you can't move, can't meet in our school anymore. And just so happened that a, a lady from our church owned a dance studio and she yeah. was like, wait a minute. Not yet my dance studio is not used on Sunday morning. Why don't you guys use my dance studio? Yeah. Like perfect. And uh, it's great. You know, it's got a big one, big long room where, you know, they do a lot of dancing. Then they got smaller rooms for, I guess, smaller dance things. And that's where the kids meet. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great setup. Um, probably not where they will be permanently, um, right. but it's, it's, it's for now it's working. So dance studios, theaters, um, I've even heard of, of a, a funeral home. I've heard of, I've heard of churches meeting in funeral homes. You gotta get people ready, right? That's what we're about. Right. <laughs> where else, where else, what better place to speak about the resurrection, right? In a funeral home, um, you know, bowling, bowling alleys, yeah. zoos, libraries. I've heard of one church plant that didn't, didn't meet, you know, once they launched, they didn't have their worship gatherings in a Chick-fil-A, but they had their launch team meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they said, Hey, our launch team there for their schedule, for their rhythm. They're like, Hey, let's get our launch team together on Sundays. Um, and so they just had a relationship with a local Chick-fil-A and obviously Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. So the Chick-fil-A said, yeah, you can use our building. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was big enough for their launch team to get together and um, it worked for them. It worked yeah. for them. And then they confused everybody on the street that was driving by thinking Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? What's up with that? Um, but if you're looking, if you've, if you've never heard of portable church industries, um, I, they've got a list. I know they've got a list of possible venues that they, you know, venues, all these different venues that they've helped churches do portable church in. Um, so if you're looking for it, you're like just out of ideas. You're just like, man, my community doesn't have a place. Go to portable church, find that, uh, find that list. And it might spark some ideas in your mind. I know VF, VFW halls, right? Different, you know, Elks clubs. There's all these different Knights of Columbus, all these different clubs that oftentimes have spaces um, that, uh, that oftentimes are open um, for churches. Yeah. So um, any, Dylan, any last words of advice to church planters when it comes to finding space? Um, I would just always encourage church planners to think, hey, in three years, realistically, what would we like our church to look like? And so that needs to drive some of your decisions. And so if you want to be a house church, that's fine. If you want to be 100 people, then you've got to have some systems and processes and a place where you can actually do that. And so, uh, you know, where you start is not where you're going to be forever, but it will impact, you know, when you start your worship gatherings, like it does have an impact of, of how it goes. And so if it's too big, you got a hard time growing. If it's dirty, if it's like, again, a part of town people don't normally go to, um, if parking is awkward and weird. Um, again, I, I'm, a, I'm pro 24-7 if you can do it. There's pros, advantage, pros and cons to both. Um, but it, it, it's important and it matters. And, you know, I, I probably wouldn't maybe just settle on the first. Don't let your excitement <laughs> dictate where you're going to go. But I think, you know, what was helpful for us is we kind of drew a circle on a map and said, here's where we want to be. And we got a lot of no's, but it also made us, you know, 
be very very clear about what we're looking for and, mm-hmm. and not just taking the first thing that maybe was a little outside of our target area. So yeah, I think things through is important. Um, and uh, yeah, there might. 24-7 space might be more of an option than you realize, you know, and some of the disadvantages like growing out of it is actually, in my opinion, an advantage. So. Right. That kind of reminds me of uh, like a preaching principle, basically, when you can be more focused, right? If you have, a, if you have one main idea, you, it forces you to be more, a little more creative, forces you to get a little deeper, right? And then having like a really broad idea. So, you know, f- drawing that circle and saying, hey, this is where we're looking. Um, it'll force you to be more concentrated, force you to be a little more creative, and I would also say this, one of my pet peeves mm-hmm. is wherever your space is, like that's the town that you're planting in. And so we see this a lot in Raleigh and I get it. Like if you're moving to Raleigh, people might not know some of these outside cities, but like Cary, Apex, Mooresville, Wake Forest, these are some cities outside of Raleigh. And I'll see these church planters and their website saying we're in Raleigh and you're not in Raleigh. You're in Apex or you're in Cary. And the people that live in Apex and Cary want to go to a church in Apex and Cary. And so maybe it sounds cool to say we're in Raleigh, but the people you're trying to meet, man, they like where they live. So find a space in your town and then promote your town, not like the big city next to you is all, something that I would highly encourage as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, yeah, as we wrap up, um, you know, I would encourage you to look at the book of Acts. You know, as church planters, our best guide as to how to plant churches is the book of Acts. And as we see, you know, the church was creative, you know, meeting, meeting in homes, meeting in temple courts. Paul, you know, when he was, I think it was, I can't remember where it was, but he was in the lecture hall of Tyranius, maybe Ephesus, can't remember where that was. But, you know, he just said, hey, what are the, what are the venues that people are in? Um, what are some public spaces where we can take the gospel um, and be able to have these conversations about Jesus? And so, number one, if you haven't heard it already, before you look for a space, make sure you're making disciples, make sure you're building your launch team. All right. You know, do that in homes, do that in public places that are free. You know, if you're in a nice area, um, you know, do it, do it outside in a park. If, I think Ralph Moore, level five church, they, they, they met on a beach for a long time, right? Cause they were in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, figure out, okay, you know, how do we make disciples once we need a space because of whether the, the weather uh, or we're, we're growing at a point where we want to bring all our groups together. All right. That's the point where you have to think, okay, um, you know, what space do we need? Um, don't have the mentality of, hey, we just need to find the right space. And if we build the right space and we put on the right show, okay, then they will come. Um, start with that launch team, pour into those leaders, um, develop those systems and processes. And then, yeah, you know, God can use a tool like a building to be able to help bring shape um, to the vision that you've, that you've, uh, that you've given, he's given you. So, well, thank you everybody for joining us again. Um, if you have any last questions, maybe we didn't answer them. Um, feel free to reach out to me, um, at planting, planting at church planting.net. Um, or you can reach out to Dylan, um, at practical church planting online on Facebook. Um, we'd love to be able to answer any of those questions. Um, and obviously for him, it's all things church planting. I guess for us, it's all things church planting as well. Um, <laughs> what's a, whether it's facilities or anything else, um, feel free to understand you're not alone. You got a lot of guys, um, ladies and women in your corner as well. So thanks for joining us today. And we'll be back on in two more weeks with another exponential nuts and bolts of church planting webinar. We hope you will join us then.